And that is Batista's real introduction. Welcome to... Viewers Cut with Diane. Idrisito. Today, we're going to talk about Eternals and You Season 3. So, starting with You Season 2. I lied, Season 3. So we have Joe Goldberg. He is with um, Love Quinn. I guess they got married at the end of last season. Um, they moved to this town of Madre Linda. Where it's located, I'm not really sure. I forget. But it's there's extremely hipster slash social media lifestyle kind of town, which is weird because everyone there looks over 30. So it's kind of like, I don't know, just doesn't fit that well. But yeah, so they're in this new town and they're kind of just trying to make it by. They have their son, Henry Forty, and they also have Love's mom. What's Love's mom's name? Ah, what's her name? I forgot. Yeah, but anyway, her mom. Um, and pretty oh, much um, Dottie. Dottie, yes, Dottie. Yeah, so they're in this new town, and I guess they're just trying to move past everything that happens. Um, throughout the season, Joe once again starts developing various love interests, while Love Quinn kind of resumes her super emotional, crazy, psychotic ways acting on impulse. And it just leads to a lot of... Uh, Leads to a lot happening. It's a the season is much crazier than um previous seasons. Uh we'll get into that a bit later on. But yeah. So one thing that I kind of took away is that whenever in season one or two he mentioned you while doing his inner head monologues, he's always referring to like his his like one love interest or whatever. Like in season one, what was the what was her name? Beck, mm -hmm. Gwen, Gwen, Benavive, Guinevere, Beck, right? Yeah, it's Beck. Yeah, but like one of those. Um, and then last season it was obviously um, Love Quinn, even though he almost killed her at the end of the season, before finding out that she was pregnant. But um, yeah, in this season there are a few use. And it, it, it shifts throughout the season, depending on what episode you're on. But at first, it starts out with Natalie, who is the next door neighbor. Then it becomes Marianne, the librarian. It becomes his son, Henry. Um, But yeah, his, his focus is a bit more um mixed this season. And yeah, it, things just kind of get crazier in general. Yeah, I agree that this season was pretty crazy. But who do you think was the cause of all the craziness? Love uh, or Joe? Um, I think... Okay, so here's the thing. It's like, they're both crazy in different ways. And clearly, Love is like the more impulsive character. But just looking at the 
at what caused the first problem to start, which kind of domino effect into all the other problems, it was obviously Joe. He went and cheated with the neighbor. Yeah. I mean, I agree that it was definitely, like, he cheated and that is what, like, caused everything to snowball. But I feel like Love was the one who just kept... She was the one who was... I mean, cheating was a bad decision, but she was the one who was just doing bad decision after bad decision that was escalating everything. Because she didn't have to go straight to killing Natalie. She hadn't even confronted Joe yet. And she just went and killed someone. Yo, she had to fight for her man, bro. <laughs> she didn't even fight for her man. She just <laughs> killed someone. She didn't give Natalie a chance. She killed Natalie. And then who else did she kill? Uh, well, I don't think she... Oh. I feel like there's definitely someone did else. Did she kill the... Yes, yes, yes. Remember the guy who um, who had the Oh, yeah, the, the, the one disease? that supposedly they framed us for suicide? Yeah. Oh, no, he killed himself. But yeah. she's the one who struck him. Oh, because he's the one that um, they didn't believe in vaccinations. Yeah. So because of him, their baby got... Um, measles. Measles, yeah. Yeah, measles. Exactly, there you go. She kills Natalie. She kills that guy. Well, she didn't kill him, but... But she's the one who caused the whole yeah. problem by, like, hitting him in the head. Yeah. And then because of her being crazy and screaming yeah. towards the end is when Sherry and her husband here overhear that she's the one that killed Natalie and it causes everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, she was obviously the more impulsive one, but, like, I'm looking at the starting point. And frankly, you're a female. You should be in my boat blaming Joe. No. I don't know. She, I just never... I just don't really like her too much. She's just crazy, Love. crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. even after they go to therapy and supposedly they're working on it, even though Joe, even though both of them at some point are like, I don't like the other person anymore, she's still the one that's like, she cheats on him, like actually cheats on him twice when he hasn't even yet. I think actually, I think after the first time that she cheats, then he cheats also. It's just funny because hearing you say all this, it's like you can't defend either one of them. They're right. both but she, I think she, I think she's the more problematic one. Yeah, definitely. Just because she's like female, but yeah. Um. Oh <laughs> I'm going to get canceled. But yeah, they're both a bit crazy. But you know what this season reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, season two of Outer Banks. Just, and, and it, obviously it's not the same genre or anything like that. But going from season one to season two is like, I was telling you, there's nonstop action in Outer Banks season two. Like, there's literally no break in the action. It's just like scene to scene to scene to scene, something's happening. And that's kind of how this season of You was. Just like it's not him taking his time getting to know the girl and stuff. I mean, I he see... never does, though. No, 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 I mean, like staking out and doing all his research and stalking and all that. The previous seasons kind of focused on that a bit more. I mean, he you you do know that he does stalk Natalie. Like he talks about her husband, who she supposedly is. Right. I think just don't focus on it as much because it's like the third season. You know what Joe does. Yeah. So they don't need to show all that. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, still crazier. Yeah. God, always gotta disagree with me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, who? They were also being in. Okay, so like I was saying before, right? Being in uh, Madre Linda. First of all, I feel weird saying Madre Linda. Like, yeah, just say it how you're supposed to say it. Madre Linda. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, just like being there in that environment where everyone's kind of um, like uptight, trying to. They're just very fake, pretty much. Especially Sherry. Um, so who do you think was the most annoying character? Probably Sherry and her husband. Carrie? Carrie. Sherry and Carrie. I never Sherry. thought about it much, but it's a funny couple. Yeah, I think they make fun of them for that at one point in the show. Oh. But, yeah, I feel like them. I mean, they're all pretty annoying, to be yeah. honest, at some point. But they have their heartfelt moment towards the end when they're trapped in the... Uh, oh, yeah. When they're trapped in the basement cage. And then they start, like, explaining why they fell in love with each other. <laughs> that bar is pretty uh, pretty romantic. Pretty sweet. Especially after they shot each other. But, yeah. Uh, most annoying character. I don't know. Um... It's weird because they portrayed like both sides, right? Like all the normal people of Madre Linda were like these like very uptight, whatever, annoying people. But then also Marianne, the librarian, she was in a different way, just as annoying. Like if you didn't agree with her opinion on. Yeah, I wanted to say that, but I thought you were going to be like, no. <laughs> yeah, like cause her and um Dante, right? I think. Because Joe didn't automatically agree with them that, uh, was it like white people get privilege or something? Yeah. Like <laughs> well, she assumes that because Joe is white, he's privileged because she's like, she knows, I guess, maybe like a little bit about him being new to the neighborhood. Yeah. She thinks that he's like from a rich family too. And she's like, oh, like you wouldn't know the struggles of not being rich and living here. Yeah, it was funny. She was annoying her in her own in her own kind of way. But yeah. Lots of annoying characters. Um, one thing that we saw this season was more of Joe's past, right? So season one we kind of saw his relationship with um between him and his I don't know what that guy's name was, the old guy who he kinda grew up with that took taught him how to take care of books. Then season two, we saw like him and his uh, mom and stepdad, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally in this season, we saw a little bit more about his past. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we saw, they just show more about his relationship with some older lady who is, seems to be like a counselor for the kids. At, wait, was it the school or was it, like, the foster? I I couldn't tell if it was a foster because it didn't look like a foster home. It looked like a school. Maybe it was just a group of foster kids in the school. Actually, I think it was a school. And I just think that her his friend was also left by his parents or something. Yeah, I think there were a few of them. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, but, you like, we find out that, like, um, Joe... Eventually began to really care for this counselor lady, but then he also he notices that she's also being abused by her partner, 
And he feels this anger about, like, why didn't she just leave him? And he always has these thoughts of wanting to, like, push him down the stairs to kind of save her from yeah. him. And finally, he has the opportunity to do it once, right? And then he chooses not to because he doesn't want the counselor to hate him for killing the boyfriend the same way that his mom kind of hated him for killing the boyfriend. Yeah. That's a really sad scene, though, yeah. when he goes and finds his mom and sees that she has another son now. Oh, yeah. And she's actually, like, putting him into the car to go for school or at wherever they're going. Yeah. And he's Joe goes up to her and confronts her and he says, oh, why don't you love me the way you love him? Yeah. That was pretty sad. Yeah. And, and she kind of says that, like, she just wants a fresh start. And like, That's a yeah. pretty curse word Bad word, mom. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was pretty. Um, it was it was pretty sad, but I mean, I guess like I understand what she's saying, but still doesn't justify it. Yeah, and then you know we were talking about this earlier. Uh, so Joe develops his love interest this season first, Natalie, and then Marianne, the librarian. And Love goes and develops her own in Theo, the stepson, 19-year-old stepson of the neighbor. What do you think about that? He did approach her first in the grocery store parking lot or whatever. Yeah, so we have different opinions on this. <laughs> you think that it's completely okay because he's over 18. I'm not saying that it's it should be illegal or whatever because, I don't know, like, judging someone being an adult by a number is... A, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't get too much into this. <laughs> but personally, I do think it is a little weird that he's 19. And do we she's, know exactly how old she is? I think at one point they say that she's 26 or 27. Yeah, I'm not sure fun. why, but... That number sounds familiar to me also. I believe she's 26. I think it's pretty weird that she's 26, married, has a kid, and she's chasing after a 19-year-old that she barely knows. She's only with him for attention, and she is taking advantage of the fact that he is in a mentally bad place because he just lost his stepmother. I don't think he has a good relationship with his mom or no, his... Doesn't. And clearly not his stepdad because his stepdad is Natalie's husband. Mm -hmm. He just also so he just lost his stepmom. Mm -hmm. He's nineteen. Mm -hmm. He just sees a pretty girl. Mm -hmm. I guess if he she if he pursues her, it's whatever. But she should not have had an affair with her husband with a nineteen year old. Yes, and it doesn't matter that he's a younger one. If the roles were reversed, I would still think the same thing. Yes, and Joe should not have had an affair either. But wait, why, why are you changing the wait, subject? No, no, no. I'm not changing the subject. I was going to continue about it. So, ah, uh, you made me lose my train of thought. But yeah, um, so she wasn't really taking advantage of him. If you remember, she was kind of like they were both kind of lovey-ish or whatever, and flirting and stuff. I think even the first time they did it, it was like before she started taking advantage of him, right? Like, where she was, like, actively trying to use him to get information about what the dad mm -hmm. had on 
on um her and Joe. So it was like, uh, yeah, she did use him later on, but I don't think it was like taking advantage. My like point is that she's a psycho. She clearly has mental issues because she's a murderer. Mm-hmm. And she clearly has this like issue with herself that she needs to fix with the fact that she doesn't actually like, I don't know, like all her love interests have been like, there's been some issues. So she really has some work to do. She's just like using a 19 year old to deal with her issues. And it's pretty messed up because he doesn't know any better. Although apparently in real life, they were rumored to be dating. <laughs> yeah, so it worked out in the <laughs> But yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, so we saw, like, this season we saw a lot more of her crazy side. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't really get to see her crazy side until the ending of season two. That's where she um, she killed Candace, right? Oh, when they reveal it. When they reveal everything that, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had her own private investigator and all that. And then this season, it kind of just... She just lets impulse after impulse take over. Maybe it's because she had a newborn. Don't hormones go crazy after, like, but you have a baby? But she did this before. Huh? Yeah, but she did this before. Yeah. So she kills Natalie. She strikes... Um, the neighbor, the unvaccinated neighbor in the head and traps him in the basement. She tries killing Theo and Theo like realizes that she has the Conrads trapped in the basement. Um, she let her anger get the best of her and attacked the, no, and spoke about killing Natalie while the Conrads were over, which was crazy in itself because they were about to do some swing with neighbors. It's just so it was a strange, strange season. But, yeah, a lot of new characters. Um, one thing that you were asking me before was that um, you were wondering if Marianne actually believed Love. So in the, I think it was the final episode when Love was trying to tell her that Joe was crazy. What do you think about that? Do you think she believed Love? I think so. I think maybe not completely, but she could sense that like something was up because she has been around dangerous guys. Yeah. And love was acting strange. So I think she had a feeling that something was up and she knew she just had to get out of there. Yep. I don't know. It's weird. I think, I don't know if she necessarily believed love. I think she thought love was acting kind of crazy and that's why she wanted to get out of there, especially since her daughter was with her. But yeah, season kind of comes to a close with Joe and Love trying to kill each other. In the end, Joe succeeds, kills her, frames her for his murder, and then leaves Madre Linda, leaves the country, and then ends up in France. But why is he? Why did he go to France? He could just find the country. But he, it seemed like he was looking for Marianne in France. I mean, maybe he has a hint there, but I don't think so. I think he was just like, trying to escape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, That's it for you, season three, for me. Would you have any final thoughts? No, just looking forward to the next season because it's already been confirmed. Oh, that's right. I think Elle 
El Ellie is gonna come back in this season. Oh yeah, because we yeah. know that he's been having contact yep. with her and sending her money and stuff. So she'll probably come back for that season. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, which is gonna be kind of strange because he's in front. I mean, he might come back to the U.S. in season four. Who even knows? But is she even in the U.S.? Isn't she? I'm. I'm pretty sure in the end of season two, he he like tells her to go somewhere. No, I'm pretty sure she stays where she was. I don't think she moved. He told her she had no. He did, she did move because oh. he tells her to like get away, and he gives her money, and she leaves. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I don't remember too too well, but yeah, uh, I'm kind of curious to see where they're gonna go because even you know this season, it was a pretty big change from what season one and two were like. And I'm assuming season four is going to be an even bigger change, mainly because he still has this attraction for Marianne. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's been like four years, right? Or three three or four years from the end of season two. His son, remember his son is like a, now like a little toddler with the, with uh, what's her, Marianne's friend's name? Dante? With Dante. I don't think he's it. a toddler. I'm pretty sure he's still like one. If any, oh. barely. I'm pretty sure they said like three years later in the end of the show. I'll confirm that later. But yeah, I, I I'm, I'm curious so. to see. Yeah, I think so. In fact, I know so. Let's fact do it right check. now. Okay, fact checking time. Let's see. Return from fact check. I was wrong. Moving on. Um, That's it for you, season three. What do you rate it? Just the season? Yeah, just the season. Um... Probably, I think I have to give it like a, I'm unsure between 7.5 or 8. Yeah. I I'm, think I'll give it an 8. Same for me. Why for you? Because I have like a good number. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, even though we both kind of agree that it's just like, there are pieces of the plot that seem like just not as great or we're like there to to move things ahead of time. It was still very entertaining, so that's why I'll give it an eight. Um, but yeah. And now moving on to Eternals. Hey. What? <laughs> I was gonna say a good movie. Oh <laughs> yeah. Eternals. I wasn't sure what to expect, right? Because, you know, there were there was a lot of negative criticism for it beforehand. I just kind of heard that it wasn't that great. Yeah, you know, like so many articles. Not just articles. I was hearing just people talk about it. You know, the movie wasn't even out yeah. yet. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you couldn't have heard people talking about it because it wasn't out yet. But I just mean like the articles came and then people were kind of just like furthering it, saying it wasn't that great, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was pretty good. It got 47% on Rotten Tomatoes and 6.7 on IMDb. I mean, 6.9 on IMDb. Yeah. So the 47% is critic score. Yeah, but I never really... I don't even... When I look at a movie now, I don't even look at what Rotten Tomatoes rated it because Rotten Tomatoes sucks. Really? I don't know what they look I at. I always look at Rotten Tomatoes. No, I... I probably only agree with the rating 40% of the time. Okay, so here's what I do. If Rotten Tomatoes has like critic and audience score below 55 percent like if they're both low then i will oh, okay 
I'm talking about like the not the audience Rotten Tomatoes score, but the critic Rotten Tomatoes yeah. scores. Because I have some movies that I really like, and then they're rated like forty percent Rotten Tomatoes. Give me one. Bride Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what movie that is. But what does it have on a? Uh... I think it has something pretty low. I mean, there's been other movies. And what do you rate it? I'll probably rate it uh, 80. Okay. Percent. Yeah. Wow. Bride Wars, huh? Yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, <laughs> <laughs> you should go on I, I Bride Wars. It. Actually, it's I like a like rom com. Yeah, I probably have seen it. I just don't remember. But Anne Hathaway and I forgot what her face is. That blonde chick. Whoa. How misogynistic <laughs> are you referring to women as chicks? Anyway, yeah. Chicks the- are cute. Yeah, the ratings were <laughs> not so great for this movie. So I, I kind of had low-ish expectations, but I mean, in, in my opinion, it was pretty good. Um, One thing that I genuinely enjoyed about the movie is the humor. Bro, so much better than Venom. Like, we were talking about this, what, two weeks ago or last week? I don't remember. But the humor in Venom was so utterly... They like, were just trying too hard. Yeah, it was like they would make to this, be like yeah, and they made classic like bad jokes, right? Or, or like they thought it would be funny if Venom cursed or said this word or that word. Like that's what they're relying on. It just wasn't great. Anyway, this is not a Venom <laughs> review. But. Yeah, I knew once I knew once I saw that. I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce the name right, but the Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that once it. I knew that he was gonna be. Yeah. In the movie, I was like, oh, he's for sure there for the comedy. Yeah, he, he's in the movie as uh, Kingo. And now, obviously, in this movie, they don't really um, explain everyone's powers, like, well or whatever. So, to me, it just looked like he had, like, this little blaster. Yeah. <laughs> and blaster thing. I wasn't sure. When they first showed him in the beginning, I wasn't sure what to expect. Because I think, like, the first 10 minutes, like, there where he's on screen or he's being shown, he barely speaks. Well, that's for all of them. But yeah, anyway, we yeah. can talk more about that later. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was really funny. And so, you know, just appreciating the, the humor. My favorite character in the movie was um, uh, Karun, who is the kind of like assistant of Kingo, who's mm-hmm. played by uh, uh, Kum- Kumal Nanjiani. Oh, I, I feel like I should not be butchering this name, but. I'm just looking. I'm pretty at the, sure that it's just Kamal. Yeah, Kamal I know. Nanjiani. I'm just looking at the spelling of it, and it's tripping me up. Okay. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. So he's like the assistant of Kingo, and he has been for like decades. He says like fifty years. Yeah, I think forty or fifty. Yeah, something like that. Because obviously Kingo has, he played his dad, his grandfather, his great grandfather. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so he's been um so Karun has been with uh Kingo for a while. That guy added so much humor to yeah. this movie. I loved every second of it, like having him on screen. Um, and then even towards the end of the movie, right? When Kingo decides he's not going to help out the Eternals mm-hmm. and leaves. Mm-hmm. And just he's like, okay, humanity is destined to die or whatever. And Karun is like, he turns around and he's like tearing up and he's thanking the Eternals. Oh, yeah, like he's like, thank you for what you've done for humanity. Yeah, dude, that, man. That was my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> what about you? Well, I liked Dina 
Just because I really like Angelina Jolie. And I feel like she's probably out of all of them. She's had the most experience with like doing like action types yeah. of movies. So I feel like whenever she was whenever there were scenes of her like fighting or anything, it just looked believable. Re- yeah. And it looked good. So I feel like she Yeah, but really she's kind of like, like Yeah, she was Lara Croft for yeah. like a decade or whatever. Yeah. So she definitely fit she's that. She's also in salt. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Is yeah. she in Wanted? She's also yeah, she's in Wanted. Yeah. She's in The Smiths, I think it's called. I'm, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, that's not her. Yeah, she's with Brad Pitt. Is that really her? Yeah, that's movie? where they met and then where they yeah. got when they got married after. Wow, she's really been in a lot of action movies. That yeah, that's even... what I'm saying. Like she just <laughs> she's just really good at doing that. Yeah. So I feel like that brought the movie together okay. in some way. And I'm just a fan of hers. So Yeah. She was my favorite. And like I said before, before when I was younger, I used to read stories about like athena the goddess yeah goddess i just always because I, I just like the name <laughs> yeah bro i hate that the names are like slightly different yeah like Athena instead of athena bro that but that's just how they're created in the i Marvel know universe. i know it's just annoying like it doesn't sound it just doesn't sound like a full name yeah it does fina it just sa- like it's missing it you know whatever besides the point i the action scenes with her were pretty cool I enjoyed those probably second most just because of the, like, I don't know what you call it, but just the sword and the spear and the shield and everything she was creating during the fighting scenes just looked really good. Um, But my personal favorite was um, Makari, who is played by Lauren Ridolf. Ridloff. Lauren Ridloff, yeah. So I saw her originally in The Walking Dead. And yeah, when I saw her in this movie, I was trying for a while to figure out who she She's was. actually deaf in real life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even in The Walking Dead, her character uses sign language to communicate. I stopped watching Walking Dead after about four seasons. Yeah, I think she's she joins from like season eight or nine or whatever. I'm halfway through season 10. I stopped watching it about a year ago. I'll probably finish it one of these days. But... Yeah, um, so she played Makari, and Makari's superpower, I guess, was just, like, speed. Mm-hmm. But all of the scenes with her, like, running just looked really cool, especially towards the end of the movie where she's um, running across the world looking for the emergence. Mm-hmm. And then when she's battling um, Icarus towards the end of the movie also. And they said it was Icarus. No, no, you said it was Icarus. I no, said no, it was no. Icarus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I said Icarus, and you were looking at me, and you were like, Icarus. I literally did not. False news. Fake news. But, yeah, that was my favorite character. But, yeah, I like we were saying before, it didn't... It was it was much better than I was expecting. It did have its flaws, obviously. Just not as many as the critic scores made it seem. Yeah, so in your opinion, what could have been better? Um... I don't know. I don't know exactly if it's like a movie critique or if it's just like the characters. But one thing that I didn't like was their powers, right? They're supposed to be like these ethereal, crazy, powerful beings kind of. And in their mo- in the movie, their powers just don't show that, right? Like Athena's 
not Athena, Athena's powers. They look cool, right? But I don't know. That, they just don't look grand or like, you know? Yeah, well, I guess also like, well, for her specifically, she's just supposed to be good at fighting. Yeah. Which I think does kind of portray, like she does yeah, look good fighting. Hand she's to not hand supposed combat. to yeah, yeah, she's not supposed to be that much more than that. Yeah, that's true. But like, okay, so um what's his name? That can mind control. Druid, right? Mm-hmm. His power is obviously he's not something he can show off, right? So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. But then when you get to like um Kingo, he it just looks like he has hand blasters, right? Yeah, and even when he was being interviewed, he had some interview like for yeah. the movie, he was saying like the actor Kumal, yeah. he was saying how he was practicing like what hand movement would be his thing, <laughs> right? To display like his great like superpowers or whatever. Yeah. He said he was practicing so many things that like would be his signature move. Yeah. And he was disappointed when the directors told him to just do finger guns. <laughs> that that would be him using his superpower. Dude. Which I do which I do agree. Yeah, so I don't know if you remember this, but so like in those beginning scenes of the movie, right, where they're kind of showing like the backstory and all that, yeah. And he's doing some of the action and some of the fighting. Yeah, he just goes. Yeah, the, yeah. That's literally <laughs> what he was talking about in the interview. He was like, "I was coming up with all these cool hand movements, and then they tell me finger guns." And he was like, "Are you sure you don't want me to do this?" Yeah. And they were like, "No, just stick to finger guns." Yeah, and while he's doing it, right, like I was staring at, at his facial expressions, and he's kind of just like smiling, yeah, like, <laughs> like goofy looking <laughs> smile. Maybe he was like. I was just at the back of his mind the whole time. Like, well, he I'm was like, acting. Yeah, I might really just doing finger guns. I finally get casted for a Marvel movie, and they just make me the finger gun guy. Yeah. But yeah, not just him. Like, um, Gilgamesh, for example, right? Sure, he's strong. But like, I feel like they could do something, show something to to make him seem extra song, yeah. strong, right? Like, and the main character, Cersei, right? I'm. Mm-hmm. I guess she's the main character of the movie. Seems like it. But like her power, like the ability to kind of rearrange non-living things. And I just feel like it just didn't look great. Yeah. I guess it's also because her ability isn't that handy when it comes to fighting. But it could be. Like she could be throwing spikes out of the ground, rearranging the earth in a hand to grab the enemy's leg and throw it somewhere, right? Like, but there's none of that. Like, yeah, I guess it just seems like chances were missed. But you know, Makari's super speed looked really cool. Um, oh, Sprite. So again, this is more of like. Not the movie, but the character, right? Like Sprite's power is literally just illusions. I'm not sure. It seems like it. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just a, what I found wrong. And also one other thing with the actual movie, the explanation of the Celestials, right? So they kind of give like a two-minute explanation, which is supposed to cover the whole backstory, the Celestials, the Eternals, the bad thingies, what are they called? Deviants. Deviants. And the... I think that's it. And Arisham. Yeah, that explanation... It, it went by so fast for me that I was, like, waiting till the end of the movie. So I could ask Diane, like... So was Tiamat a celestial <laughs> is he just like some earth creature like what's happening that I'll- also goes to say though which we forgot to say in the beginning that we are not like crazy 
Marvel fans. We're not like... We haven't... Well, I haven't read the comic books. I don't think you have either, right? No, I haven't haven't read We haven't read the comic books. We're not... We're your average viewer. Yeah, we've seen all the movies. Yeah. I think I haven't seen the second Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't seen Iron Man 3, I think. Um, Okay. But yeah, (laughs) but like we're fans, but we're not crazy fanatics. So... If you, but if you hadn't seen any of the Marvel movies before this one, and then the idea of the Celestials was suddenly introduced, it's not that they don't do that great a job of explaining them and doing all that. Because, but I understood. Maybe just you, because you haven't. Because I'm slow and possibly stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but yeah, it depends on yeah who's watching. Yeah. It just felt like too much of a too much information in like a two minute span, but yeah, I mean, what what did you think? Did you have find any like major flaws in the movie? I know just now you were kind of saying like they were trying to show a lot at once. I didn't say that, but now I'll say it. Oh okay. <laughs> that I felt like I mean, it's a whole the whole group is made up of ten people. Yeah, I didn't it's even, not, when you told me that in my head, I'm like, You ten. didn't realize? Yeah, I was like, there's only six or seven of them. What are you no, talking about? Yeah, there's about? ten of them. And I feel like probably, I haven't actually read too much why it was reviewed so poorly. But in my opinion, I think it's part of because there's ten of them and they're all just suddenly introduced into one movie, in one movie. Yeah. It's still a pretty long movie, like two hours. Yeah, it's two and a half hours. And it didn't feel like it. But yeah, it it's introducing 10 new characters into the universe, the yep. whole universe. And we don't get backgrounds too much into all of them. We really only get back kind of into Cersei and Icarus. 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 Yeah, okay, there you go. You're the one that's saying it, not me. <laughs> yeah, like, like I really wanted to know more about Thena, right? What they've been doing this whole time. Her and Gilgamesh. They don't go too much into them. It's not like... The whole Avengers group where yeah. it started out with Iron Man like tw- yeah. 12 something years ago. Yeah. And they went introducing characters over the years. And it's only an end game. You know the backstory to all of them, like what their stories are, their struggles. Yep. And it, feels, it makes it more emotional. Yeah, because they all had one movie at a time for the most part. right? Yeah, like, they were all like introduced. But now yeah. here we have Eternals. We have 10 different people. We don't know what's been going on with them their whole lives, so it's kind of also harder to... Yeah. Like. But also, I mean, we kind of... Before I get back to something else that you mentioned, we kind of kind of get a reason for why that is, right? Because it's like they're just these robots that were created for one purpose, and they're... Yeah, but they've had this whole life. Yeah, 5,000, 6,000 years. Yeah. yeah. Like we, yeah, exactly. We don't see the people that they meet. We don't see the conflicts that they have. But maybe... we. Maybe part of that though is because there isn't much conflict, right? Yeah. Like they're kind of just, they're just like, doing trying to as live their told. human lives. Yeah, exactly. But that is kind of also why I think it's yeah. It's just the fact that there's so many you don't know much about all of them. Yeah. Like even like more of like fifteen minutes or something screen time about each of them. Although that would not make a good movie too old. Yeah. But you just introducing ten at once hey, was pretty hard. Um. So the final, the Snyder Cut for um, DC, what was it called? Justice League mm-hmm. Snyder Cut? I don't know if that was Justice League, but whatever. That one, um, 
So the Snyder Cut was like four plus hours. Oh, yeah, wasn't that also the issue kind of with that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my main issue. And the, the Snyder Cut was like four plus hours. And they actually gave like each character 20 minutes backstory. And yeah. that's why I loved it, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So maybe it would have worked for this one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so just now <laughs> you reminded me because you mentioned um, you they didn't show us what Athena uh, and Gilgamesh were oh, doing the right, whole time. Right. Bro, can I just say, this poor guy has spent 5,000 years, Gilgamesh, has spent 5,000 years with Athena, and he's still in the friend zone. That made me so angry. I was like, why are you doing all of this to take care of this woman? And she can't even reciprocate because your feelings. Because they're just friends. Yeah, that's the problem. But he just wants to be friends. No, he doesn't. Even when he's dying, he says, like, I've loved you or whatever. Apparently in the comics, I think they yeah. just want to be friends. Yeah, also in the comics, Fina has a relationship with the weird... What, what, what are these creatures called? The, the boss deviant. The boss deviant is more human-like in the comics and has a relationship with her even though he kills the guy that's been taking care of her 5,000 years. Anyway, that's my main <laughs> my main gripe with that. Yeah. Yeah, so an another thing that I was kind of confused about was Arisham. Now he's... They kind of just show him like this big, huge creature in space and it seems like he's supposed the way they talk about him right and have faith in Arisham and seems like he's supposed to be like the god of the universe or mm -hmm. whatever so I, but it's a little unclear because the thing they have coming out of the earth Tiamat looks just like it yeah I actually also was confused by that in the movie and I only kind of noticed towards the end that he's supposed like he's also just like another celestial and I realized that him and how do you pronounce someone that was in the earth again? Tiamat. Oh yeah, Tiamat. They're both basically the same thing. And it's just like how they how he had said himself, how it's just like a cycle of like growing celestials and then letting them go off and then they are each end up being in charge of like their own planets to also like yep. bring to life and they all each end up having to control um control or have their own set of Eternals, which is why there's so many sets of Eternals, which is yeah. mentioned at the end. Yeah. That are, like, all going through the same thing because it's just, like, all being repeated over and over again. Yep. So Arisham isn't special in regards to, like, Celestials. He's just another Celestial, but it's just that he's the one in charge of, like, this set of Eternals. Yeah. Okay, so say, like, it's through his seed that, that's what she said, that uh, Tiamat is born, right? Yeah. So does that mean like he's in charge of Tiamat? No, no, no. Like Tiamat will just, I think, just go off and do his own thing. Interesting. Okay. And start his own, like, you yeah. know, start creating a whole bunch of planets and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so this thing looks crazy, powerful, strong. Oh, you know so what it reminds me of? What? Real quick. Of, what's the, the Iron Giant? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's what the way they look reminds yeah. me of. It also reminds me of Attack on Titan, the armored Titan. I know. I haven't seen it, but I know what, yeah. like what it looks like. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't seem like any character can do anything about, like, Arisham. 
because it's just crazy powerful, right? Like, how can anyone? Yeah, stop but it? in the end, like, so cel- the celestials are like the most. I think, like, in the universe, like the Marvel universe. Yeah, I think they are supposed to be like the most powerful. Okay. Like even more than like Thanos, you know. Well, yeah. Thanos, like, he just got the those stones. But like as beings, the celestials, I believe, are, are the stones supposed- related to the celestials. That's a great question. <laughs> that I am <laughs> not yeah. sure. Okay. I actually kind of do know a little bit, okay, but I don't know if it would be spoilers. Okay. Yeah, don't say it then, because I don't know anything about any of this. So I like to keep myself spoiler free. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't realize after until I don't know if it was you that mentioned it that or your sister uh, Cindy. Shout out Cindy. She mentioned that Star Lord's dad was also an um, a celestial. Yeah, so that- but in the I think in the movies they're not playing into that too much. Really? I think so. Because to be honest, okay, so that, that's pretty much what Guardians of Galaxy 2 was about. And I don't remember it too well. That's the one that I did not see. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I thought it would, I'm, I should have known that it would connect. But I was like, this is probably the one that won't connect. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't catch my attention too much. Yeah, I don't remember the plot of the movie. Maybe they mentioned that he's a celestial. I don't know. I have to go rewatch it. But if they do, then it's kind of interesting seeing, like, if he's a celestial and then and he just looks like that versus, yeah. like, Arisham, who's this big, giant, space, human creature thing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of confusing points that I'm unsure about. Hopefully, they explain it in the movie so I don't have to go Google and read articles and get spoiled by comic information and all that. But, Yeah. So the ending, the ending of the movie, right? Um, we see Arisham kind of just suck up some of the Celestials into space. Yeah, Cersei. Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo, right? Yeah. Why just them? I think because they were the ones that were on Earth, and maybe he couldn't, he just didn't know where the other ones were. Oh, they had left already? Yeah, they had already left. Remember, they left Ooh, on their... Yeah, yeah, on the ship. yeah. Interesting that Kingo stayed. Oh, I guess because he, he has, a movie yeah, star I career. Guess he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah, so he he kind of pulls them off, and then he tells them that, um, like you know, he's I don't know if he's angry or whatever that they stopped um Tiamat from being born or from emerging. Yeah, he's disappointed. Yeah, so it seems like he's kind of sparing Earth for right now. But who knows what he's going to do. Yeah, so basically it ends with Arisham. Arisham? Yeah, Arisham. Telling those three Eternals since we lost. Who died? Gilgamesh and... Gilgamesh died. Ajax died. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so basically... And... uh, Sprite became a human. Yeah, and Icarus flew into the sun. Oh, that's right. Though, knowing... You know what they say in movies, if you don't see somebody die, yeah, they're not dead. So, we'll see. But it, it just ends with Arisham telling those three Eternals that he's going to, like, judge Earth and, like, you know, the humans on Earth yeah, based off of their memories, the Eternals' memories that they have of the humans. I completely missed that part in the movie, so I'm glad you got it. Yeah, he tells them that, like... Now he's going to judge Earth based off of, like, their memories of them. Yeah. And he's going to see, like, he'll come back for, like, Judgment Day to see. And by then he'll decide whether the humans were, like, worthy of being saved. Okay. 
yeah, I, for some reason, missed that part. I don't know <laughs> if I just couldn't understand him or yeah. what. But yeah, so that's pretty much the ending of the movie. And then we have two sets of post-credits, right? The first set, we see Harry Styles um, as Eros. But he doesn't go by his name. He goes by his superhero moniker, Star Fox. And he's, I don't know if he's the half-brother or brother of Thanos. They just say brother. Okay. I feel like he has to be half-brother. But when, I'm not sure. Because he's an eternal. There's what nothing going. I don't think that's all oh, right, Thanos. Right? Is that what you're gonna say? No, nothing. Okay. Yeah, we'll spare you guys some spoilers. That I'm not sure what the spoiler is, but yeah, and that was the first post credit. And what's he there to do? Help them fight against Arishem? Well, he will. He just shows up to tell them that he knows where the three Eternals that were taken by Arishem are. Oh, okay, okay. And that he knows, well, he's probably like another set of Eternals. So I think in the end, like together, because remember that at the end, um, that's the whole point of them going on their ship because they're trying to find the other Eternals to tell them like who they really are. Yeah. They want to tell, let them know that they're actually, you know, like in this Being cycle. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And so. Matrix. Yeah. And so Eros is supposed to be from this other group of Eternals. Yep. And I guess in some way they'll help them connect a, to the other Eternals that are out yeah. there. What an F-boy, huh? He comes in at the end, and then right away he flirts with Fina. Yeah, well... Bro, and that's... she smiled, which made me so angry. I'm like, you had this guy, nice guy taking care of you for 5,000 years. He just complimented and Harry her. And comes, Harry Styles comes in and then says one oh, thing. Now screw her. Oh, my God. Yeah, screw her. <laughs> no, anyway. she just she just got a compliment. Anyways, so you gonna smile? Somebody compliment you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was the first post credit. And yeah, anything else for the first one? Nope. And then the second post credit, I didn't know what was happening here. So Kit Harrington, um, what's his character's name? Dane. Dane. Yeah, Dane apparently has some special family history. Opens up this box with a special sword, and you hear a voice coming out of the sword. Yeah. What's the voice saying? Oh, I think he's just like, are you sure you want to do that? Or are you sure you're ready for that or something like that? Yeah, so the, and no, every, no, no, who, the voice of the sword is saying that? No, no, no. The voice that you, someone, you hear, that's the voice of someone speaking to Dane. Yeah. So I thought it was Nick Fury at first. A lot of people apparently thought yeah. it was Nick Fury. Turns out it's just Blade. Um, and Blade has Not a Not just. It's, you know, they're introducing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has his own movie coming out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This is like their way of introducing him to the yeah. world. People were waiting for Blade. I, I don't know if you know the group that I always talk about, um, RDC World. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bro. They make so many videos. They, because they make like a bunch of Marvel videos or whatever, and they're like, they're always like portraying Blade, and Blade is just pissed off that he's not in the MCU yet. So finally, Blade is rejoining the MCU. Yeah. So, um, Kit Harrington, Dane, yeah, <clears throat> aka Jon Snow, yes, John is Snow. going to end up 
playing the Black Knight. Yeah, I have. He is going no to no idea what that character is supposed to be. Become owner of this sword. Oh, okay. He's going to become owner of this sword that has been passed down to his family. Gives the person that can that has it like these cool like abilities. You know, just good with swords. Okay, <laughs> but it's also kind of like a curse. But then I also realized that they kind of like um, what's the word? They they kind of referenced this in the Eternals movie earlier on when they got back on the ship after they were all reunited and Dina is holding the Excalibur, sword. Yeah. yeah, and then um Sprite is like, Oh, because I forgot what's the name of the sword that kid hang- that he the Dane has. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. I can't remember either. what it is. It's but just... Sprite says, like, oh, is it that sword? <laughs> and oh, really? then yeah, and then Dina's like, No, this is the Excalibur. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch it. It all ties in. Yeah. That's cool to see. Um, what would you uh rate this movie? Probably seven point five. Yeah, I give it a seven and a half also. I thought you gave it a seven. No, I give it a seven point five. Yeah. For me the the main reason for the seven point five is the humor. Other than that, it's kind of like a generic superhero marvel movie i feel like but the the humor won me over yeah i'm sure we also missed some things that like marvel fans know and i would go look into it more but i don't want to get spoiled. yeah so that's all we have for eternals, eternals. there's gonna be a part two it ends saying eternals is returning or whatever yeah we have to look in terms of Marvel. We still this year we still have Spider Man coming yep, up. Spider Man. Blade will be coming up. Blade is it that this year? No, I'm just talking like in yeah. general. Blade is coming up. What else is coming out? Marvel. Oh. I don't know. There's a lot. I think there's another Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Oh, there's another Doctor Strange coming out. Yeah. Um. Sadly, this next Spider Man might be the last one. It'll be interesting to see. Because Tom Holland's contract is ending with Marvel. They're going to kill him. I really hope they don't kill him. Yeah, he's my favorite Spider-Man. Toby, number two. He's number one. Well, you never saw the ones with... Andrew Garfield? Yeah, did I you? I saw pieces... No, I saw pieces of the first Oh, yeah, one. you didn't because I spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, my God. Told me everything about that. I thought you knew because it's been out for years and there's been memes about... Nah, I probably wouldn't have watched ending. it anyway. Just because, like, when it first came out, I was like, bro, Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man. Who are these people? So, that's, to, uh, being honest, that's the main reason why I didn't watch it. It just felt weird yeah. seeing it. But yeah, there's a lot coming out. And you can find it all right here on Viewer's Cut. No, we're forgetting something. Oh, our, um, yeah, so... If you're listening <laughs> till the end of the podcast, message us. What was it last time? Soapy. No, no, yeah, the word is soapy. No, no, we gotta change the word. Okay, this time message us speed. Speed. As in the movie Speed with Keanu Reeves from nineteen something. Message us on Instagram at viewers cut. With the word speed for how much money? Last week it was eight bucks. Eight bucks, right? Because it, it was ten. No, 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 no. We're going by multiples of two. So week one was $1. Week two was $2. Last week was 4 
Yeah, yeah, last week was four, so this week is eight. I don't think that's right. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, we said we keep multiplying by two. But I don't think this week is supposed to be eight. It was either last week is eight or this week is eight. It's one of the two. What episode is this? It's episode four. So this one should be eight? Yeah, because week one is one dollar. But we didn't start it off like that. We literally talked about this last week. <laughs> <laughs> Messages okay, okay, okay. speed for $8 if you're listening to the end of the podcast. And if not... Or don't and hope that no one else notices. And, and by the time you do double. it, it'll be more... Yeah. No one listens to the end. I can say whatever I want. Booty. Why would you say that? I don't know. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> um. Yep. All right. That's all. I have a basketball game to go to. Bye. Peace. See you.